Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome to KSL Plus, KSL TV's digital-only news show and podcast. I'm Matt Rascone, and today we're talking about the push to allow college athletes to get paid. This is part of a years-long debate about whether outside parties should be allowed to pay college athletes for their name, likeness, and image. Under current NCAA rules, it's not allowed, but it seems like that's about to change. And we're here at the sports department at KSL to talk to Sam Farnsworth about it. All right. So Sam, reporter anchor here at KSL. I've uh, been covering sports for 19, 20 years. Yeah. Break this down for us, uh, this whole debate surrounding college athletes getting paid. Well, it's been a long-standing debate, a long-ongoing debate for several years. You know, college athletes have felt like uh, schools, the NCAA in general, have capitalized off of their success, off of their image, off of their likeness. It really began with video games. They would, you'd have college athletes on the cover of video games, yet yeah. they would see no money from that. Um, NCAA would would get whatever you know the deal was with that, and then it went from there. You know, um, but it, it's it's been a debate, a conversation that's been going for a very long time now, and it seems like there might be some common ground that might be getting reached finally. Right. Well, maybe just to get this out of the way, when we're talking about name, image, likeness, what are we talking about? So, endorsement deals, really, right? So. A, a prominent, successful athlete that people recognize in, in the street. Zach Wilson might be one of the more recent ones, the quarterback at BYU from this last year, who was picked number two overall in the NFL draft. People in Utah would probably recognize him in, in the street pretty easily. He could make some money uh, in selling cars or posting something on his Twitter account, uh, endorsing his favorite restaurant, local restaurant, or uh, business, you know, and, and that's something in the past the NCAA is like, no, 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 you cannot do that. You're an amateur athlete. We don't make money going to college to play sports. Even though he's not necessarily being paid to play the sport, he's being paid to endorse something with the name that he's built, the image that he's built playing his sport and using his likeness to do so. So that's the deal that they're kind of getting at here. You're still not going to get paid by the school to play, but you can go out and make money however you see fit, just like any other student athlete, or I shouldn't say student athlete, just like any other student could do. They could go out and make money however they wanted and still be a student at the school. Now athletes are starting to get to that point as well. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of years ago, though, NCAA seemed like they were still just very much, you know, this, this is an amateur that's supposed to be paid. Can you talk a little bit about the reasoning there? I mean, did, was there some uh, good reasons to say, you know, they shouldn't be getting this money? 
I think a lot of it just has to do with tradition, you know, the history of college sports and the tie-in that, you know, outside of football, the tie-ins that uh, from, you know, 100 years ago that, that colleges had towards the Olympics and just kind of maintaining that amateurism, that, that it's, uh, you know, it's not something you're doing for money, it's something you're doing for love, for uh, the reputation of the school, uh, things like that. And I, I think, I honestly think it's just kind of one of those things that people were hanging on to tradition a little bit, uh, maybe a lot longer than, than they should have. But and that's what it really came down to. They really want to separate the distinction between college sports and professional sports. Professionals get paid money. You guys aren't professionals yet. You're here for an education. You're here to represent our brand, whether it's the school or the NCAA. And, uh, you know, that, that was the, the main separation. You can't have your own brand. Right. They, they didn't want them to do that. And, and it, it, as fair or unfair as it may have seemed, uh, that's, that's the line that they drew in the sand and they just would not budge. Yeah. Some of the argument, you know, has been, well, they, they're getting something. You know, they're getting an education. They're, they're getting a paid-for education, right. a lot of them. You know, housing, uh, meals, things like that. Um, and so, you know, why isn't that enough? So what is the argument then to say, no, they should actually be making money off of this? So... And, and I, I agree with those people who argue that, okay, you are getting an education. You're getting a paid-for education, which is something a lot of college kids don't get. You know, and it costs a lot of money, as, as most people that have you know, been to college know. They are getting that part covered. However, again, uh, it, it kind of goes back to the fact that you know, I, can be a regular, I can be a communications major, but I can go out and make money doing whatever other job or however I, I want to make my money. But with college athletes... It was like, no, 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 no. We're giving you housing. We're giving you books and education. We're giving you school, uh, uh, food. You know, you don't need to go out and, and, and uh, make money. Let's use a college football player, college basketball player, uh, even a women's college basketball player. Uh, really, almost any sport. You're basically, that's basically a full-time job right there. You're in school, a full-time student. You have to be a full-time student, too. So you're taking your 12, 14, 16 credits, whatever it is which we know how long that takes. That's a majority of your day. But then right after that or before that earlier in the day, you're still practicing for several hours a day and training. And it's really kind of another full-time job. Uh, on top of that, where does a student athlete have time to go and get a full-time job to help compensate um, for whatever the scholarship isn't giving them? And that's been something difficult. One example I can think of yeah. uh, from 2004, Jeremy Bloom, he was an Olympic skier. He went, competed here in Salt Lake City in the 2002 Olympics in the Moguls. He was also a college football player at the University of Colorado, and he was a very good college football player, among uh, the nation's best in returning. And uh, he had the legitimate prospect of maybe going to the NFL, but he still was only a sophomore. After the 2002 Olympics and the success that he had, he was able to earn some money for endorsements, which he claimed helped him prepare for the 2006 Olympic Games. Uh, he needed that money for the support to train and prepare to go to Torino. And the NCAA said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. But you're a college football player. You can't be taking money, even though it had nothing to do with football. Yeah. They came down hard on him, and they made a, a ruling after, after several meetings. They made a ruling. You are not eligible to play college football anymore. So he quit college football. He tried for as long as he could to, to stay in it, but he quit college football to pursue skiing. Competed in the 2006 Olympics. After that, he pursued the NFL, and he played in the NFL for two or three seasons. But the NCAA just wouldn't budge. Even though it had nothing to do with the sport he was playing, they wouldn't budge 
on the fact that he was making some endorsement deals off of his image and likeness. A muscle slam by Josh Grant. Two former college basketball stars here in Utah. Josh going right to the hoop. Uh, the first Josh Grant played for the University of Utah, uh, 1988 to 1993. I got educated here at the University of Utah. I got a pretty good education. I had my meals paid for me. I had my room and board paid for me. A lot of his argument was, we're going to be throwing you know, money at these kids who are now are going to be start getting thousands of dollars every month. Quite honestly, to me, it all boils down to the NCAA. If the NCAA really wanted to fix this, 10, 15 years ago, they shouldn't have been putting in these ridiculous rules that you can't work and that you can't get a job. I mean, I had teammates that couldn't afford to take their girlfriend to get an ice cream cone because, that, you know, how are they going to get the money to do it? They couldn't even buy a car. Maybe they could get on the back of their bike, but they didn't have a bike because that costs money. You know, it's something that should have been fixed a long time ago, and they just kept getting more and more stringent, and now they're just creating more and more ways to create a bigger gap between the haves and the have-nots. I mean, this all comes down to the NCAA trying to please people that are going to make them money. You know, it's going to open up just another box of problems. This idea that you're going to give kids a bunch of money, that, that's trouble. You're going to hire agents for these kids. They're going to walk around with their entourage behind them as they, as they go to class. And it, it just is opening up so many problems that, to me, it's ridiculous. And where do they learn that? Is that another class they have to take in school? I mean, it's, it's just kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, th- those are great arguments. And the NCAA, I think as they move forward and as they're leaning towards finally uh, approving the name, image, and likeness for, for athletes, um, there are going to be some obstacles. Like the institution itself and the NCAA on top of that, they're s- still probably going to try to differentiate the college sport between the pro sport. So in what deals, the endorsement deals they can make, what brands they can endorse, you know, I would imagine NCAA might not want college athletes endorsing alcohol or something like you see a pro athlete uh, or, or something like that. So they might, uh, I would imagine there will be some lines drawn. You know, BYU being a religious institution probably has their own set of standards as well that they'll be like, okay, this is what you can endorse, this is what you can't. And I would imagine also that when it comes to the school that, yeah, if you're a Nike brand, they would probably say, okay, look, it, you understand the, the team is... Uh, you kind of got to stick to the brand that, that the team... Again, I, I don't know exactly how that part's going to work. But I think one of the big differences between maybe now and when Josh Grant was an athlete as well is you have social media. And it just opens up a whole new world, a whole new reach that these athletes have. The, the number one pick in the NFL draft last year, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback at Clemson. Hugely successful college quarterback. They estimated that his Instagram page was worth about $360,000. So it's not like he's still making millions, but he can make a few hundred thousand bucks off of his image and likeness based off of his college success. And I think that's one of the big differences now between then and, you know, you've, you've got just a different reach that these athletes can use, their, their social media accounts. I, I don't think we're going to see millions of dollars thrown at these kids still. I, I don't think we're to that point yet. And the NCAA doesn't really want it to get to that point. That's where they want to differentiate college and, and, and pros still. Right, yeah. So, well, maybe we'll talk about a more recent athlete. Jonathan Tavanai, who played BYU basketball, and I believe he graduated in 2010. I do think that a overhaul and a change of the rules need to, to take place uh, because the current model is not working, right? Um, but I also don't think that throwing money 
and just saying everybody can get paid for everything. I don't think that's the solution either. He has a unique story because he actually went back to Brazil and played for his national team, but he couldn't get paid like all the other players in the team because, you know, he was still playing from UIU. I could always have just gone and, and, and gotten a six-figure or whatever the case may be job in Europe and go play. But to me, I stayed in college to get an education. What I wanted to have lived during this time and get paid, um, obviously you want to make money, but I wouldn't trade my college experience for anything. I didn't think that I was lacking. I didn't think that I was missing out on things. But he also kind of pushed back against the way that things were going where uh, college athletes would be able to get money. How do you address maybe having a student athlete from BYU being approached by Bacardi or, or Corona to advertise, you know, alcohol, but, you know, with the name, image, and likeness, you can do that, but because of the honor code, you can't. And so does that give, um, uh, um, does that give a, a, an advantage to a different school? Will he transfer because they're offering him $100,000, $200,000 because he's one of the main players? Right. And so how do you deal with that? And so I feel like this entire thing, it will cause more harm than good. One of the things he mentioned was, why don't we set up a trust fund, you know? I'm a firm believer that a fund should be set aside. That once they graduate from college, then they can tap on that fund. That's something that I absolutely think you should change. Mainly because if you're going to college, um, you're going to college to be able to get an education. So he, he was of the opinion that there is a problem, but giving these guys money, you know, during school isn't the way to solve it. I've never been a big supporter of the schools being able to pay, like signing a contract. Okay, you're going to come play for our school. Here's a deal worth $50,000 for your first year, another fifty dollars for your, whatever, whatever the deal is. But, uh, and maybe advising them in how to invest the money or set up the money. Okay, that's, you know, trust fund. That's probably a smart way to do it. But at the same time, and again, any other student makes their money however they make it. They're either going to blow it, they're going to save it, they're going to do whatever. And I think that's part of the learning process. We see that in professional sports too. Professional athletes going broke after five years because they, they just didn't learn how to spend it. And so maybe setting up education, you know, classes for these student athletes on, okay, you're going to be able to start making money. What are you going to do with your money? Help advise them so they know what to do with it. But again, I don't think you can control how they're going to use the money. But giving them the opportunity and opening up the doorways for them to make money, I think, is the right move. To be able to make it on their own, uh, whether it's endorsements, whether it's their social media pages, however it is, uh, it just seems right. In a college state like the state of Utah is, if you're a successful athlete here, there's going to be car dealerships or restaurants or whoever. I mean, The moment Zach Wilson said he's going pro, almost immediately we saw on his Twitter and Instagram accounts tweets on behalf of... Uh, cell phones, car dealerships, Chipotle, you know, they were lining up saying, hey, we'll give you uh, this money or these items or whatever, because no, he's not a college athlete anymore. As soon as his college football career was over, he wasn't a college athlete anymore, he could go do that. Now you'll be able to do that once you get to the school. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about, yeah, it's been a problem for decades. 2019, California decides, you know what, we're going to change things around. We're not going to wait on the NCAA anymore. This is how it's going to be. Uh, businesses can now pay athletes. And I think since then, last I saw, it was like 18 states since then who have now passed laws. It's sort of a snowball effect now. Yeah, it is. And you know what? If, if California didn't start this, the NCAA 
I mean, the NCAA was going to sit back and wait as long as they could and fight against it, I think, as long as they could. Uh, because they, let, let's be honest, the NCAA as, a, as an organization profits a lot off of the success of their sporting events. The NCAA basketball tournament is, you know, makes them millions and millions of dollars every year. Students, the basketball players, don't make any money going to the NCAA basketball tournament, you know? Um, so California, like you said, they kind of started a snowball and pushed it from there. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was the schools, the institutions, like the UCLA's, the USC's, uh, the Cal's, you know, uh, San Diego State's, whatever, that really helped kind of push towards that to say, hey, Let's pass a law here. We don't have to wait on the NCAA. Let's pass a law here. And why would they want that? Well, ultimately, it might help a little bit with recruiting, too. Hmm. Hey, you're just trying to decide between UCLA and Texas. Well, let me tell you, over in California, you can make money off of your name, image, and likeness as well. So come over here. So I'm sure recruiting will play a big role in this as it moves forward as well. And that's why the NCAA needs to, or they, why they want, they're seeing these 19 states that have made that decision. They're like, okay, we need to make a uniform thing here. So it doesn't skew the, the balance of competition. Because as it is now, I mean, well, at least after July 1st, which is when a lot of these go into effect, Utah, maybe not in a good spot. No, uh, I know that they want something to happen here. But, yeah, they're, they're not as far down the road as I think it's seven or eight schools that are going into effect on July 1st already, you know. And so the NCAA, they realize that, they understand that, and it's in their best interest to keep the, the, the balance of competition or, or the field of competition as balanced as possible when it even comes to name, image, and likeness. So I think that's why we're starting to see them try to push as quickly as they can to get something uh, approved and passed. Yeah, and it sounds like there could even be something from Congress. Yeah, you get, the, get the law involved, right? Well, all else fails, I guess. So what does this mean for, for you? What does this mean for the sports department? Uh, what, is, what does it mean for after game, you know? Talking to talking to players, yeah. are you going to have to pay? You know, to, <laughs> to that's a good question. To talk to these athletes, I, I would guess not. Uh, most of our interviews are still you have to you have to go through the avenues of the school to be set up. But you know, you, you see it in NASCAR, right? Where they're mm-hmm. well, you know, first I got to thank uh, such and such tire company and such and such oil and all this before they even answer your question. Who knows? Maybe a college athlete will be like, well, you know. Thanks to Chipotle or thanks to, I'm just thinking of that because Zach Wilson at Chipotle. Thanks to whatever restaurant, whatever car dealership for helping me get to this point. You know, maybe we'll start hearing that. Okay. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Okay. Some of these states' laws go into effect on July 1st. That, of course, puts pressure on the NCAA and on Congress to act to create an equal playing field. That does it for us here on KSL Plus. We'll see you again next week.